Well, please turn with me tonight to the book of Proverbs, and I want to turn to Proverbs chapter 18, and the final verse of this chapter, Proverbs chapter 18, and verse 24, and we read this, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. My title tonight is Christ, the Greatest Friend. Christ, the Greatest Friend. It doesn't matter really who a person is, nor does it matter what they have in this world. Everybody needs friendship. It's really indispensable to our happiness. We all need someone to feel with us and sympathize and help us through all the, the changes of life. No man really can truly live a life of isolation and be truly happy. No man, as they say, is an island. Friendship is important. And we see this right back, I think, even before the fall, even before sin entered this world, before there was corruption. Right back then when man was created in the image of God and he was created in knowledge and righteousness and true holiness, Even right back then, man needed companionship. You remember in Genesis chapter 2, we're told that the Lord God said it is not good that man should be alone. And if perfect creatures who are living in a perfect world required relationships, we have to say how much more does fallen man require friendship and companionship in this world? Now the Lord in his goodness, you remember, made Eve for Adam. He formed her to relieve Adam of his loneliness and his solitude, to be a helpmeet for him. And I think we should just pause there for a moment this evening and say that to have friends in this world is a great blessing, isn't it? It's a gift from God to have those that we can share conversation with and ideas with, to have friends who will help us and aid us as we go through this life. It's part of God's common grace to man that we have friends and people are friendly to us. Friendship was created by God for man. And we must point out that right back at the beginning of time, not only did Adam enjoy a wonderful relationship with his wife Eve, but he had a perfect relationship and friendship with God. But that all changed. When Adam sinned, there was a breach in that friendship. Instead of being close, Adam was then far off. Instead of being intimate, there was separation. Instead of being united with God, there was now a division between him and God. Once they had walked together in the garden, they had enjoyed each other's presence and company. But in Genesis chapter 3, we find Adam hiding from the presence of God. And ever since that day, man has been at enmity with God. Ever since that day, every friendship, even in this world, is marred, isn't it, and spoiled by sin. But Solomon says here in this text before us this evening in chapter 18 and verse 24, there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. There is someone who is the greatest of all friends. There is one who is the best of friends. There is one whose friendship surpasses all friendships. One whose love surpasses all love, one who is a devoted friend and a faithful friend. Now Solomon, of course, he had tried friendship with the world. 
He had found that was vanity. He had tried friendship with pleasure, but he says that's vexation of spirit. He had his hundreds of wives and his concubines. He had earthly friends and courtiers, but he found no solace in them. And yet he says here, there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And friends, tonight that friend that Solomon refers to here is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And I want to spend some time tonight thinking about Christ as the greatest friend, as this friend that sticks closer than a brother. I want us to ask ourselves, you know, what kind of friend is he? What kind of companion do we find in the Savior? Is he a dependable friend? Is he a kind friend? Is he a useful friend? This evening I want us to use then this, this text that's in front of us as well as others to consider this subject of Christ, the greatest Friends, and I trust as we look at these things tonight, you'll see there's no friend like Christ. There's no one who comes close to being a friend, the best of friends, the greatest of friends, than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And I think the first thing that we could say tonight about the friendship of Christ is that Christ is a loving friend. Christ is a loving friend. A friendship without love is not really a friendship at all, is it? It's nothing more really than just a cold acquaintance. No, the, the, the bond or the glue really of friendship is, is a love for one another. And uh, I think many people today form friendships really not based on love. They, they base it on the fact that they both like the same thing, that they love the same common thing. They may both like, say, a certain football club or they both have the same hobby, or they both have children a similar age, and so on. I know somebody, and he said to me, well, my best friend, we both love tractors and dance music. They have a common interest in these two things, and say, he's my best friend. And so these people, they form a friendship because they have this interest and and love for something similar. But within a true friendship, there should be a love between each other, a love for one another. Now, this sense of love can even be seen here in this text tonight because Solomon uses a very specific word here for friend. There are two main uh, words that are translated as friend in the Old Testament, and both are used in this verse here in verse 24. The first word at the beginning of the text has this sense of being a neighbor, has this sense of someone next door, a fellow countryman, you could say. But the second word that he uses here The root word is the word for love. In actual fact, you could equally translate the last part there in this way. You could say there is a lover or a loving companion that sticketh closer than a brother. This word that uh, Solomon uses here is the same word used to describe the love between Abraham and his son Isaac. It's the same word that's used to describe how much Jacob loved Joseph more than all his other sons. In those those number of readings that we had earlier concerning the friendship between David and Jonathan, when it said that Jonathan loved him with his own soul, it's the same words. And Solomon tells us here that Christ is a loving friend. And in a sense tonight, we could, we could talk all evening about how lovely is the love of Christ. It's an unwavering love, isn't it? It's a perfect love. It's an undying love. In the Song of Solomon, we're told that the love of Christ is stronger than death and many waters cannot quench the love of Christ. But it's also, isn't it, a love that's displayed to the unlovely. When we love, we 
do so, don't we, often because we find something attractive in the thing that we love. We find something beautiful in that person or object. But the loving friendship of Christ is displayed to the vilest and the most unlovely. We just sung those words, didn't we? My song is love unknown. My saviour's love to me. Love to the loveless shown. That they might lovely be. And the Lord Jesus Christ, remember how he walked upon this earth, his enemies thought they would ridicule him. They mocked him and they hurled abuse at him and they, and they whispered behind his back. But remember one of the things that they said in derision against the Son of God was that this man is a friend of publicans and sinners. They said, look at him, he eats and he drinks with the worst in society. He's happy to be surrounded by, by harlots and outcasts and publicans and sinners. He's happy to be liked by them and, and, and he even enjoys being with them. And so they laughed at him and they ridiculed him. But there was a wonderful example of true words being said in jest. What they meant as derision. Christ takes as a title of delight. Yes, he's a, he's a loving friend for unlovely sinners. And Christ, as it were, he took, takes that name. He says, yes, I'm the friend of sinners. Yes, I'm the friend of the outcast. And there is nothing sinner in us that could ever commend us to Christ. But Christ is a loving friend to those who, who have turned to him. So friends, tonight, do you know this loving friend? Do you know the love of Christ? It's the greatest love that anyone could ever know. But this leads us on to see, I think, a second thing tonight about Christ. Not only is he a loving friend, but he is a sacrificial friend. You know, one way to, uh, to measure a friendship is to see how far one friend will go for the other. You know, what would they be prepared to do? What kind of sacrifices would they be willing to make when you phone them at, a, you know, one o'clock in the morning because your car's broken down? Will they come out and help you? What kind of a friend are they? Are they prepared to make those sacrifices? Remember the words that we read a moment ago in John chapter 15 and, and verse 13. Remember what the Lord Jesus Christ said there, greater love hath no man than this, than that a man lay down his life for his friends. And when I was at a, a Bible college, I used to walk through a town, uh, the town where I stayed. I'd either go to catch a lift from friends who were going to the college or catch the train in, into Belfast. And one day as I was walking through the town, uh, I noticed that they had a, a new memorial erected in the town along the high street there as I was walking along. And I thought, well, you know, this, it obviously appeared over the weekend, brand new thing. I thought I'd go over and have a, a look at it. And it was a relatively plain memorial, just a stone uh, block, really. And on top of this grey stone block, at about sort of hip high, was this bust of a First World War soldier's head. But it was the engraved writing below the bus that uh, really took my interest. In actual fact, I, I found it so interesting, I decided to write it all down while I was there. I won't read the whole thing to you, but let me tell you some of the things of what it said. This is what it said at the top. It said, 1-4, forward slash, 18278, Private William McFadson, VC. And it gave the dates of when he lived, 9th of October, 1895, to the 1st of July, 1916. He was the fourth part of the 14th Young Citizen Volunteers Battalion, the Royal Irish Rifles. 
And it says that William Frederick McFadden was born in High Street, Lurgan. That was the street I was walking down. He was born in a house on that particular street. But then it says this. It said, Private William McFadden, VC, was awarded, awarded the Victoria Cross for most conspicuous gallantry during the Battle of the Somme. The 1st of July 1916 saw the 14th Battalion, the Royal Irish Rifles, in the assembly trenches preparing for an attack close to the front line in Teepful Woods. Grenades were being distributed amongst the men when a box of them was dropped, causing some to lose their safety pins and become armed on the floor of the trench. With no thought for himself, Private McFadden threw himself on top of the grenades. They exploded, killing him instantly and wounding two other soldiers. Without a doubt, his actions saved the lives of all the soldiers in the vicinity. And then below that writing, there in, in the biggest text of all, was that text from John chapter 15. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. And I've no doubt... Private McFadden, he had joined up like so many did during the First World War with his friends. There was the numerous pals, battalions weren't there, battalions where friends and schoolmates all served together. Went forward into battle shoulder to shoulder with your, your school chums. And what Private McFadden did on that 1st of July 1916 was a, was a great act of sacrifice. A sacrifice for his friends and for his fellow soldiers. But friends, let me tell you tonight what Christ did at Calvary is a far greater sacrifice. His death, his sacrifice is, is unparalleled. And you have to remember it wasn't for those who loved him, those who were his friends, but it was for those who were at first were enemies to him. It was while we were out strength that Christ died for us. He gave his life so that he might save people for himself. He sacrificed his life by, by dying for their sin. Christ is the greatest sacrificial friend that anyone could ever have. Remember what Newton said in that hymn we just sung a few moments ago, which of all our friends to save us could or would have shed his blood? Which of your friends would die for you, friend, tonight? I doubt there would be many. But it says, but the Saviour died to have us, reconciled to him in God. This was boundless love indeed. Jesus is a friend in need. And so we see that Christ, you see, is not only a loving friend, but his love took him to the cross. And he's a sacrificial friend. He gave his life so that he might win sinners to himself to be friends with him. But not only could we say tonight that Christ is a loving friend and a sacrificial friend, but we could say he's a close friend a close friend. Do you notice what it says in our text here tonight? Solomon says there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. The bond of human friendship can at times be closer than even natural ties, can't it? Remember how Jonathan, as we read, loved David. And we read he loved him even as his own soul. There was this knitting together of their, of their person and their personalities. And yet at the same time, he, he didn't and he couldn't trust his own father. Despite them being bounded by blood, despite it being his own father, he couldn't trust him, but he could trust David. And if you read the life of King Solomon, you see something similar, don't you? Hiram was a kind and generous friend to, the, to King Solomon. But Solomon's own brother sought to oust him from the throne. 
We see this, don't we, even in the life of Christ. When Christ's brethren deserted him, we find John, the beloved disciple, standing at the foot of the cross. And Solomon uses this phrase here, sticking closer. And it means to to cling to something or someone. It means to stick together so that the, the two become one, in a sense. The same idea is used in Genesis 2 there, about a husband and wife, how they shall cleave to one another and become one flesh. And Solomon says here that Christ is that closest of all friends. You can share everything with him. You can tell him all about your greatest trials. You can tell him about your struggles with sin. You can tell him about all your discouragements. You can tell him of your pains and and heartaches in this life. Christ is the friend who is closer than any brother. It's a wonderful truth, isn't it? You can bring anything to Christ. He's there. He's there even in the middle of the night. You can pray to him. He's there as you go even through the waters and the fire. Christ says, I'll be with you. I'll be that friend that sticketh closer than a brother. How wonderful is the friendship of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you can go even further than that because not only is a loving friend and a sacrificial friend and a close friend, but you could say he's a caring friend. A caring friend. You know, when you read the Gospels, and you read of, of all that Jesus Christ did, his miracles, his teaching, the places that he went, all the people that he, he met. There's, there's one thing that seems to flow through all the narratives. And that's just how sympathetic the Lord Jesus Christ is, just how tender he was to people. Christ cared, didn't he, about others. He had no care, as it were, for himself. He was the most disinterested friend that you could possibly imagine. Not uninterested but disinterested he never sought to gain personal advantage or promote himself he was continually seeking only the welfare of others that's the kind of friend you want isn't it you look at him for example in in john chapter 4 how he travels all those extra miles just so that he can sit down at the well and speak to that woman or how he crosses the sea of galilee on one occasion just to meet legion and to cast out those devils the moment he does that he goes back across the sea and he liberates that man from all his troubles, doesn't he? What a, what a wonderful picture of how Christ sought him, sought to befriend him. Think of the way even how he looks down from the cross at Mary and he seeks there in what was his greatest hour of need, to care for the needs of his mother. Well, think about the way he deals with Peter after the resurrection, how he comes to him, the one who's, who had forsaken him and, and even cursed him at that point and denied him. And he comes to him and he says, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Over, over, over and over again we see this, don't we? The great sympathy and the care of the Lord Jesus Christ for his friends. That's why the writer to the Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 2, says those words... Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 17. It says this, Wherefore in all things it behoved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself have suffered being tempted, he is able to succour them that are tempted. 
You see, Christ is the friend. He knows what it's like to be tempted. He knows all the trials of life. He's been there. He's done that. And so he's able to succor those who are tempted. And if you go on into chapter 4 of Hebrews and verse 15, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. And so we see Christ cares His ear is always open to the cries of his friends. He's the brother that was born for adversity and he's able to enter into all that most deeply affects us. He cares when we're in affliction. He cares when we lie on our bed of sickness. He cares and sympathizes with us when we're in temptation, provides a way of escape for his people. There is no friend who cares like Christ. You know, there's lots of people in this world who say they care, don't they? They can disappear at our time of need and trial. But Christ cares. Christ is a a caring friend. But lastly, though, tonight, I want you to notice with me that Christ is a faithful friend. He says here, a man that a friend must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He sticks closely And it's a continual closeness. And if you go back into Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 17, there's another verse here that speaks about friendship. And it says, a friend loveth at all times. A friend loveth at all times. And a brother is born for adversity. People often talk, don't they, about fair weather friends. The moment life begins to get a little bit tough, the friends disappear or the moment their money dries up especially their acquaintances dry up too a prodigal son discovered this didn't he job found also his friends became indifferent and and hateful when his circumstances changed and sadly friends can often in this life prove to be fickle can't they and false they dry up like a a brook in summer and it can hurt us it can hurt us when friends leave us and abandon us. You trusted them, you confided in them, but they betrayed you or they left you or they just became cold and indifferent and they they moved their allegiance to somebody else. And Christ found this to be true, didn't he, in his life. Judas betrayed him. He was wounded in the house of his friends. But Christ isn't like that. Christ's friendship never changes because he never changes. His friendship cannot be shaken by circumstances. His friendship does not alter or waver with our changing fortunes. Now Christ is a a faithful friend and he's faithful to all of his promises. Remember what he's promised us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In John 13, 1, it says, having loved his own, he loved them to the end. He loved them to the end, to the point even when he was on Calvary. And he's a friend who abides when all others have passed away. We sung already tonight that wonderful hymn, didn't we? One there is above all others, well deserves the name of friend. His is love beyond a brother's, costly, free, and knows no end. Isn't that wonderful? He's a faithful friend. He's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. He'll be there with you through every stage. You know, friends can help us, can't they, in lots of ways, and they can be faithful up to a point. When we're sick, they may hold our hand as we go into hospital. 
They may be there by our bedside. They may walk down the corridor as we head into theatre. They can be with us at every step, as it were, of this life. But when it comes to the portals of death, they can't go with us. But the wonderful thing is that Christ is faithful even through death. And what the psalmist says, I will be your guide even unto death. And it's in the continuous and it's telling us that Christ will be with us all the way through death, out of death, out the other side. He will be with us. Because he's a faithful friend. And I think this is all the more amazing, isn't it, when we think of all that we have done to him. All the grief we've caused him. All our sin. All our unfaithfulness. And that he's still the faithful friend. In a few moments we're going to sing that, uh, that hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. You know what the second verse says? Can we find a friend so faithful? Who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Friends, tonight, can you find a friend like him? There's none like Jesus. You know, the man that wrote that hymn, Joseph Scriven, he had a very interesting life. He was from Northern Ireland originally, and he was engaged to get married, but on the day... Uh, before his wedding, his fiance fell off her horse whilst crossing a river, and uh, Scriven was on the other side, and he was helpless as he watched her fall off, and sadly, uh, she drowned. And Scriven was plunged into deep depression and deep sorrow over this incident, and so he decided to move to Canada to start his life all over again. Here he lived a, a life helping the poor. He, he gave away all his goods and he tried to aid others. And it was whilst here living in Canada that he met a, another young lady and he got engaged to her, a lady by the name of Eliza Roach. But again, tragedy struck. A few months before they were due to be married, she caught pneumonia. A few weeks later, she shortly died too. And it seems that it's these experiences that led Joseph Scriven at some point to pen this wonderful hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, All Our Griefs and Sorrows to Bear. What a wonderful hymn that is, isn't it, that speaks of the love of Christ and the friendship of Christ. He realised through all his sorrow and depression, the only person he could turn to was his saviour. The only friend that he had in all the world was Jesus Christ. And so he wrote that wonderful hymn. But friends, tonight there's a question I have for you. Is he your friend? Are you trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you know him? Is he the one that you love? Is he the one who, that you know intimately and you, you have this union with him because you've come and trusted in him? You know, he's a loving friend who, who embraces sinners who come to faith in him. He died so that you might be forgiven and, and saved from your sin. If only you would repent and, and trust him. Sinner, tonight let me say this as I close. You, you may not have a friend in this world. You may, you may feel like no one cares for you. No one cares for your soul. No one's interested in you. But let me tell you, from, just from a personal experience, there is no friend as great and as wonderful and as loving and as kind as Jesus Christ. And sinner, he can be your friend too. Let me implore you, come to him, trust in him. And then you too will be able to say these words here that Solomon says, yea, you'll be able to say, yes, there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I know him, he's my friend. 
And you'll be able to say what Solomon says in the Song of Solomon. Yea, he is altogether lovely. This is my beloved. And this is my friend. Sinner tonight, come to Christ. Trust him. You'll find he's a faithful and a loving and a gracious friend.